This podcast contains our own personal views not associated with any organisation. Coronial contains descriptions of death inquests that may be graphic and disturbing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome back to Coronial, everyone. I'm Georgie. I'm Alice. And I'm Emma. All right. So today I'm going to be telling you about the death of Bethany Emily Farrell, who died on the 17th of February 2015. That was the day my cats were born. Both of them? Well, we assume that's their birthday. Okay. Oh, that's the birthday they've been assigned. Yeah. Oh, cute. cute. Anyway. So that was <laughs> not relevant. So as is, I think we've kind of discussed previously, but I was a bit lazy for this particular recording and I procrastinated hard until my friend shared this inquest with me last week. So shout out to her. And she shared it with me mainly highlighting the coroner's harsh criticisms and additional commenting throughout the case. So today's is literally more about the coroner and their comments than sadly the, the death of the individual, though there are some really interesting points that have been made. So Bethany was a tourist from the UK who'd been in Australia for six days on a planned backpacking trip. Backpackers. It's been a while since we've done that. Where was she? Was she 23? (laughs) (laughs) The inquest did not state her age, but a quick Google search confirmed she was, in fact, 23. (laughs) And then I referenced another case as well, which I then also did another quick Google check. And that other case was also a 23-year-old UK Don't backpacker. 23 in English in Australia. No, it's just at a bad time. But wasn't also the guy who was uh, the snake bite? He was also 23, right? I think so. The guy who fell off the cliff was 23. 23. There was another one I did that was someone who was English who was 23. I can't remember which one it was. But there was, I definitely have done at least two. And so not only was it for the coroner's harsh criticisms, but also because we just, I found another 23-year-old tourist. <laughs> So Bethany left on a trip from Ellie Beach, Able Point Marina, on the day of her death, on a trip that was planned to be a three-day, two-night sailing, diving and snorkeling trip aboard a sailing catamaran. The catamaran was suitable for 34 travellers on board, and there were in fact 34 people with 28 passengers, one employee of the tour operator company, and five ship crew. Following leaving the marina, the boat motored to Blue Pearl Bay, located on the western side of Hayman Island, which is one of those the popular islands of the Sundays that tourists go to. They got on and around lunchtime and had like a bit of an introduction about the boat and the tour and all that kind of stuff. And then it was while they're actually motoring that they started undergoing further briefings. This included a snorkeling briefing. And then initially, seven people, including Bethany and her friend, elected to participate in the resort dive, which underwent a second briefing about their planned scuba diving experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it was called a resort dive. I don't were know they why. based off a resort? No, they were on a boat. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's bizarre. Uh, yeah, it was very... Anyway, so, but when I refer to resort dive, that's the scuba diving experience. The dive briefing on the boat was completed using a flip chart, which had diagrams and just brief information. And then the instructor demonstrated the use of certain equipment while they're on the boat. And were all these people, were they required to be dive certified or were these people who potentially have never scuba dived? This is in their life. Introductory dive experience. Don't these are entirely be... novices. I feel yeah, like I had to have some sort of qualification before you could even go out on these sorts of trips. But anyway. I think it depends on the trip. The trip and yeah. Yeah. 
But like normally, like because well, I have my dive license, yeah. The first dive experience you have yeah. is in a pool. Yeah. Yes. So that you can easily save yourself if you need to. Like it's a really good introductory experience. Because I didn't know you had a dive license, but yeah. yeah, cool. And then the next day you do, like you do theory before yeah. that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. First dive is in the pool and yep. then the next day you do ocean dives. Yeah, right. But you have the pool experience first. You're probably going to really agree with this, Corona, then. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in, uh, entirely novice. And you said, you know, don't they have to have some experience? Yeah. Hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. Mm-hmm. So the corona was incredibly critical of the briefing due to the distracting environment specifically as well. Like when you said you had some theory or whatever, was it on a loud boat that was motoring across your tourist destination where you might get distracted by the scene? No, it was in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a boring environment. Yeah. <laughs> and the, there was no practical skills assessed during this period or really mm-hmm. in-depth knowledge because it was only in that period of time where they were boating. It didn't go for a particularly long time. And like we discussed in many other cases, that it was suggested that this was common practice in the industry, but just because others do things a certain way does not make it right. Correct. Yeah. Once at the bay that they were motoring to, the divers with their gear were then taught introductory practical diving skills while in chest deep water, but still within the ocean, not within a pool. Uh, This included how to clear the mask, which whilst... It says mask. It turns out those are actually the goggles that you have. How to clear the regulator, which is the mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. And then how to recover the regulator. So if you lose your mouthpiece, how do you get it back? It's attached to you. Yep. How to kind of of find it. it. Yep. It didn't include any instructions about how to achieve or maintain positive buoyancy on the surface through inflation of what is known as a buoyancy control device or a BCD. So basically, you've got all this heavy gear on. You're more likely to sink with that. So there are devices that are typically worn to help you stay on the surface should you I don't know get lost in the middle of the ocean and need rescuing yep forget which way's up and depending on your weight you will often be wearing a dive belt as well which is essentially weights around your waist to keep you submerged because you want to be near the floor of the ocean exactly yeah and and if you're naturally if you naturally float you need something to Mm. blow you down which and so that adds to the yeah the weight that's on you that you can't necessarily just tread water particularly easily yeah because you've got like the tanks on you've got all the equipment on you've got the dive belt on yeah you are not as buoyant yes yeah so you know we are human beings have air in our lungs so that is going to help us float a little Mm -hmm. you've got a gas cylinder that's going to have gas in it so that i assume whilst is metal and heavy still creates some I actually don't know about that. I don't know if they sink actually now that I'm saying that. But anyway. I so think like, they do. I think just the, the weight of the cylinder is, is, is yeah, countering that. But yeah. So, but either way, yes, it's, it's allegedly in the dive industry well known that you will need weights to hold you hold you down yep. under yep. water. But then you need to have safety gear that helps keep you yes. above the water should you need it. And arguably knowing how to use your BCD is is one of the things that you should know. I, as well as how to find your regulator yeah. to let you breathe. You should know how to, how to, to stay afloat when you're at the top. Absolutely. So during this practical diving skills session, Bethany initially had difficulty clearing her regulator on the first attempt, but was successful on her second. She only needed these two attempts to then continue on with the rest of the dive. Mm. The coroner was not super pleased by her 50% success. No, I would mean like practice that a couple more times. Yep. And then we'll try again. Yeah. And just before I go on to like, so so then they moved on to the actual diving 
portion of it. And so I just want to clarify that the water was calm without significant currents on the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it was reported by various witnesses that the visibility was quite poor and deteriorated over the time during the dive. Right. This was likely as a result of the conditions on the day. So presumably maybe it was a little overcast or something like that, or it had been yeah, turbulent the day before yeah, or something like that. Turbidity. With the rain and stuff like that. But they also commenced this dive at 4 p.m. at night. And this is in mm. Queensland where I did a bit of Googling and it says that sunset was at 6.40 p.m. Mm. that day. So if they were starting at 4 p.m. It's also as the light of the day is starting. Right. That yeah. is such a bad idea. Well, because they got on the boat at like midday or lunchish. So and dive the next morning. So they've only got three days and two nights or whatever. <sighs> this is very frustrating. So ultimately, with all those conditions, the visibility was about three to five meters underwater. Yeah, that's so not terrible, but it's not, but not amazing. Right. Also, like for me, if I'm doing an introductory dive, which presumably they're going to see coral or better fish. visibility, yeah, yeah, and things underwater, better visibility is better. So also, exactly. how much of an experience would it have been if you can't see anything? Exactly. But yeah. this is me coming from the person who doesn't like to be underwater. <laughs> so the coroner concluded from this information about the conditions that they were suitable for novice divers learning to dive, provided, and then in a footnote, and I quote, and I cannot emphasize this aspect enough, (laughs) appropriate training and underwater supervision occurred. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for making that quite obvious. So was there only one instructor? So like one dive professional, and then how many students? So I don't know entirely. So it said it started with seven. But they only then specifically went into the fact that Bethany, her friend, and one other individual were with one instructor when they set off underwater. Okay, so they're probably two two instructors with hopefully two three because well, yeah. like if they had seven, then the other would have been one to four. And I feel like one to four is not enough. The coroner also ultimately is like one to two probably should be a better ratio, but. But then it would um, mean then they'd have to have an extra structure and have a one to one. Yeah, and yeah. given there was only five skippers and one tour operator individual, they wouldn't have had enough people yeah. to both entertain the other people that didn't actually go for the introductory yeah. dive and to take the class or enough skilled people. I don't know if all the skippers on board had scuba diving licenses or mm. whatever. And especially like you need to be a dive master to be able to train people you can't just have your dive license and be like yeah, yeah. i know how to train people no. yeah okay i'm really glad that you have because <laughs> this is helpful so as you were talking about with the weight belt bethany did struggle to remain underwater and so she was then weighted down with an extra 1.5 kilos as well to further create negative buoyancy to keep her underwater as well as they set off in that first little instance mm. so following having to fix bethany to keep her underwater Another driver struggled with equalizing her ears during the initial descent and actually ended up electing to go back to the bigger catamaran. Mm-hmm. And so it was retrieved by a smaller boat known as a tender, Yep, which really made me want chicken <laughs> for the whole time, to be returned to the catamaran. So while this boat was coming together, the instructor assisted her onto that boat, but ultimately leaving Bethany and the friend just below the surface of the water, mm-hmm. unsupervised. Yep. Which seems, again, also a little bit on that risque mm. side of supervision. You may come to this, but did they teach them about how to descend and ascend safely? It wasn't discussed well in the inquest, other than some points around there was a strong emphasis on don't ascend too quickly yeah. because that can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yep. But again, they never gave any instruction about like how to use the 
BCD or anything yeah. like that. It's always it strongly implied that there wasn't much other than don't ascend too quickly because it's dangerous. Yeah. And literally like very little else. Yeah. And it's, I guess it also depends on how deep you're going. Yeah, that's right. As well. They but it's still about, something to... They ended up about seven metres below the surface. Is that deep or not deep? I don't know what... That's deep enough. Mm. That's yeah, a, fair a bit of pressure. Worth a mention. That it would give you the bends, I reckon. Yeah. Well, I mean, this person was having trouble equalizing their ears, so presumably they were going. Yeah, deep that's enough deep to, enough to yeah. yeah to. So anyway, about this individual. Now, this was in a footnote, and the coroner stated they tried not to contaminate the their views of the rest of the facts of the death by this bit of information. But it's going to be juicy. <laughs> the diver who returned to the catamaran had specifically advised during the trip that she had no swimming ability. No, fuck that. What? Yet she was allowed to complete an introductory dive mm-hmm. with the company, including entering the water without a life jacket. Oh, what? Jesus what? Christ. Oh, my God. English was also not her first language. Ah. <laughs> what? <laughs> she should have not been allowed in the water. She shouldn't have been allowed she, on the boat. She on can, the boat no, 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 no. She could be on the boat yeah. with a life jacket at all times. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She should have not been allowed in the water if you can't. Or have a life jacket. Yep. There should be no diving. Yeah. Oh, no, let's dive under the water. I don't know how to swim. Yeah, sure. I'll just pop you in the ocean, open ocean with no life jacket. Weighted down. Weighted down in the ocean. That is so dark. That is beyond just idiotic. Yeah, why did she like to do it? Why did she like to do it? That's just wild to me as well. But like, she could. Yeah. She wanted to and they didn't stop her. Because she's like, yeah, I want to go see the coral. And she probably actually would have had a better chance. Then go, go, go sail on one of those glass-bottom boats. <laughs> yeah, I think she could have Ross Willaving than snorkeling. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I actually think that the snorkeling would have been more dangerous. But if you say but I teach you how to use a BCD when diving, then that's also just as dangerous. Yeah, 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 fair, fair, fair. Anyway, as I said, the coroner said that they, and I quote, did not contaminate their views based on this information. I don't know that that can't, yeah. That... That is just wow. a too higher level of risk for a business to assume. That, that is dumb. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to let someone hire this card, but they don't have a driver's license. No, 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 no not even they don't have a driver's license. They don't know how to drive. They've never driven a car before. <laughs> Which one's the clutch? How do I turn this thing on? No joke. Uh, yeah, swimming is not... A part of me is like, okay, they did say that there were no currents on this day, but can you imagine if it happened to have been a day oh, when there were currents? She was stuck in a rip. She would have just floated, well, sunk away. Yeah. And no one would have even noticed. Even if there's no current, there's still a, a bit of movement in the ocean. Yeah. It's not, you're not in a pool. But she wouldn't have been at a point where she could like, put her feet on the bottom anymore because yeah. there's like, I just oh, so many. Also, though, personally, I'm also like, yeah, what thought process, as you said, are you having when you're like, yeah, no worries. I got this. Well, I feel like maybe that maybe was also part of the reason why she chose to abort the mission. <laughs> when she was like, she was I, like don't, I can't this. equalize my ears and also actually this, this is really comfortable. Yeah. So I'm not enjoying myself. She was probably I'm not enjoying myself. Yeah. I actually think that it was very lucky for her to yeah. have been retrieved. Absolutely. Because yeah. I think that her risks would have been way too high after that. Yeah. Anyway, they pressed on. And now it's a trip. Now it's a two to one ratio because we've okay. lost one. Yep. But she's still alive. Yes. Two to one. She is safely back on the boat. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just Bethany and her friend and the instructor. And they made it down to around 7.1 to 7.3 meters below the surface of the ocean. But at that point, the instructor was forced to take her eyes off of Bethany and her friend because she needed to maneuver between some coral. 
When the instructor turned back towards the pair, she was unable to locate Bethany. So immediately she began to search for Bethany and continued to do so for the next two to four minutes. I don't really know what the friend was doing at this point, but presumably, hopefully, also okay. Looking, but supervised. Oh, it sounds like she wouldn't have been, oh, unless she didn't yeah. go with her. Yeah. She may have like grabbed her, her and been like, we're we going. Yeah. yeah. It was then a piece of diving equipment that was interrogated following Bethany's death that determined what Bethany's movements were at this point. Right. And it was determined that shortly after the instructor losing sight of Bethany, she began to ascend and at quite a quick pace, quicker than you would probably sort of recommend. Yep. And so from this and I assume witnesses or expert witnesses or something like that, the coroner didn't really go into a lot of detail. It was mostly there for the sassy comments more than the actual detailing what people actually said. She suspected that this was diver panic. Lost yeah, out of the instructor, so just yeah. was like... But it was, was like oh, for myself having done the pool dive, it's like, yep, okay, I can cope with that. But actually going into the ocean and going down that far, it is definitely like a, you need to control your panic because yeah. as humans, we're like, no, we shouldn't be down underwater for this long. So you really have to remind yourself that it's okay. I can breathe. Yeah. I have oxygen. You just need to like. And the problem is if you lose that regulator though, and then panic. Yes. Then you have to be like pitching to the surface because you don't know how to get that regulator yep. and clear it and back in and all that yep. kind of stuff. So like I can mm-hmm. see yeah, that that panic yep. can so quickly yeah ruin your diet. And as quick yep. as well, like when you feel like you're it doesn't take very long to feel like you're running out of air. Yeah. And look to be honest, it is really trippy when you're on the surface of the ocean and you're looking down. It's just like this weird mental thing where it's like the rest of the world that I know is above me, but the, there's so much, much below you. Yeah, it's just this like weird, trippy yeah. moment where you're like, "There's actually lots of stuff below us, but we never consider it." Yeah, we're only ever thinking about the stuff that's above the water. Yeah, absolutely. So, as I said, she yeah panicked and then ascended excessively quickly, and then once she breached the surface of the water, she was heard and seen by witnesses to be calling out and waving her arms. And again, with some equipment that they were using, they suspected this could have been for up to about a 40-second period that she was flailing. So others from a nearby vessel, not the catamaran that she was on, saw her and were the first to reach the location where she had last been seen. But at that point, she was no longer at the surface of the water. So shortly after, they were able to commence attempts to find and rescue her. From what I gathered from the inquest, it was they'd seen her, they'd gone over, but they didn't have any gear on them to yeah. like immediately go after her. So they then had to bring some further equipment with them. Mm-hmm. Then the crew from the tourist company Catamaran that she was with were also arrived and also started similar rescue attempts. Yep. And it was sort of stated that that smaller boat from the Catamaran that she was on was already transporting other passengers and stuff like that and that's why they were delayed but the coroner was a bit scathing of Mm. their rescue attempt basically being like well their priority should have been looking out for people and yeah that was their duty of care yeah Mm -hmm. yeah basically and the coroner was like yeah you were not conducting an adequate surface watch at the time of Mm. her distress calls and hence that was why you were delayed in trying to reach her and that others got there first yep because they tried to be like, no, no, we went straight to her. And they're like, well, why did someone else get there first? Yeah. Sadly, it took over an hour for the dive instructors to locate Bethany at a depth of about 10.7 metres below oh, the water surface. 
Yeah, so when they were at 7.1, that wasn't even at the floor, mm. essentially. Oh, so she was found on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Because she had the dive belt and yeah. she didn't know how to use her BCD, so she had no buoyancy. And yeah. her lungs would have been filled with water. Yeah. So when she was found, she wasn't wearing a mask. She didn't have the regulator in her mouth and she was missing a flipper or fin, which I was like, okay, cool. And I feel like that happened. Like, obviously, when she went to the surface, she would have taken her regulator out so that she could yell. She probably would have ripped her mask off. Because in that sort of panic state, you just don't want anything on your face. Yeah. Fair. And the flipper okay. probably came off while she was thrashing in the water yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It all made total sense from that perspective. I guess ideally her being able to rescue the regulator and put it back yes. when she was sinking would have been ideal. Yes. Because then she would have been able to breathe. Breathe even if she was trapped on the bottom of the floor, right? Yep. But I'd, she was panicked. Yes, exactly. And when you're panicked, you do you not. You don't think straight. And yeah. she'd only learned how to clear the regulator one of two times. Yep. And she'd only been told how to rescue the regulator. She hadn't practiced it. She'd practiced rescuing it. That was part yeah, okay. of the introductory dive skills, but they didn't give any, like, do you do it once? And then you're like, cool, I found it. Yeah, because that was definitely something we had to know how to do multiple times. times. Yeah. yeah. It didn't specify how many times she had attempted that one. It yeah, was so. only the one of two for the clearing the regulator. And also how to give someone else your backup regulator. Yeah, right. Because if you come across someone who's having trouble with their their yeah. gas or anything like that, you have a secondary one to be able to you share your own cylinder as you go to the surface. Uh, her buoyancy control device had not been inflated and she was still wearing the weighted belt, including the extra weights that had been placed. So again, yeah, it didn't remove or yeah. discard them. And to be fair, it would be quite difficult to do that under the water because of the way they often attach is not like a clip. It's one of those ones where you feed the oh, belt okay. through. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, that's helpful to know. Yeah, I was like, I would have assumed that they would have been a fairly like, un- like, easy yeah, rough yeah. Because the un- it would be too easy for it to unbuckle itself because it's weighted. Yeah, okay. At least the ones I've used, yeah, with the yeah. threading through the buckle. It's how so it's, a, it's possible to do it but while you're on water, but especially when you're panicking as well. Well, yeah, I mean, she was going to be fumbling breathing. with it. She didn't have the regulator in, so it's not yeah. really. Anyway, attempts to revive her were made, but unfortunately were unsuccessful. Yeah. After being under the water for an hour. Yeah. I guess at that point, even though she didn't have the regulator in her mouth, you would still maybe do it in the hopes that maybe 50 out of the 60 minutes that she was underwater, she, she actually had the regulator yes, in or something like Very that. true. You know? Yeah. Because I initially was like, what chance is that going to have? But I'm like, actually, she could have been mm. on the ocean floor with the regulator in yep. until shortly before four. they finished yeah. So the coroner, during this inquest, wanted to look into whether the conditions were suitable on the day, which we've kind of already talked about, that they were, but barely. Mm. Whether the resort dive should have commenced in confined open waters, which you've kind of already mentioned, Alice, is not not ideal. And then whether the dive company complied with the appropriate codes of practice. And this includes... (laughs) The Recreational Technical Diving and Snorkeling Code of Practice 2011. And the Safety in Recreational Water Activities Regulation 2011. Mm-hmm. The coroner was especially critical of the code for not providing clear standards or requirements. I went on to say that evidence was given at the inquest to suggest that the code was more like guidelines, which the coroner, and I quote, likened to a quote by Captain Barbosa from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> There's some pop culture coming into this. Wow. Also some sass where he's just like... To write something that is a regulation that sits somewhere along the lines of what Captain Barbosa might recommend yep. is not ideal for a 
piece of legislation. Yep. And that rather it should be a rigid minimum standard that must be met and hopefully exceeded mm. rather than guidelines. Rather than not met at all or barely. But if there were guidelines, so it wasn't necessarily required. So the first recommendation the coroner made was that the Office of Industrial Regulations should, and within the six months after the release of the inquest, review and consider for inclusion the relevant code of practice issues that are discussed in the rest of this case and should mandate a minimum standards for operation rather than just general guidelines. Yes, I would have thought that would have happened when someone was writing a piece of legislation. You would think so, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I'm far more naive about what actually goes into legislation. The next finding was that the divers were not adequately instructed on anything. Yeah, on anything. The introductory skills of diving, including the use of their BCD inflator or how to maintain positive buoyancy on the surface. So as I said, Bethany was fitted with this BCD and it also contained a safety sausage. <laughs> Which, when I Googled, it seems like a bit of a pool noodle type device that essentially once you get to the surface, you could hold to keep you more buoyant, oh, I guess. Okay, so one of the ring thingies that people throw. But yeah, but it was a sausage. noodle type. But it, but it was a sausage. And I don't know where on you or whether you have to do something that triggers its inflation or it did. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But it did contain a safety sausage. <laughs> Everything should cause a safety sausage. To say that. <laughs> Everything needs to contain a safety sausage. We all need a safety sausage. But the coroner sort of rightly stated in Bethany's panic, she wouldn't have been able to operate Mm-mm. operate the sausage. Yeah, she should have been able to operate the BCD, but not necessarily the sausage. Yeah. Nor I think there was a suggestion about like she should have had a whistle to attract attention. Again, in that panic, she wouldn't have been able to do that. But also she was able to attract attention. Yeah, exactly. But not from her tour company. Well, that's because they were pfft off elsewhere. Yeah. They weren't paying teaching attention. Teaching someone how to fucking swim. <laughs> no, that wasn't their responsibility. They didn't teach her how to swim. They just threw her in the open ocean without a life jacket. <laughs> so, yeah, the coroner suggested that, therefore, the tour operators should have a further focus on demonstrating these skills and informing them of how to use their BCD. And that this should occur in a controlled environment such as a pool, as you mentioned, Alice, so that the necessary diving skills with competency could be ensured prior to then entering the open water. The coroner went on to suggest that arrangements could be made by tour operators to invest in a shipping container pool as a cost-effective option for an introductory skill session. Here's the bit I also enjoy of. And the coroner then went on to explain how this could be done. That with a quick Google search, one could be purchased for a mere twenty-five thousand Australian dollars. However, pointed out that this is far less than the hundred and sixty thousand dollar fine that was imposed on this tour operator involved in Bethany's death. Oh damn! And I was like, yes, love this. They're like, yes, if you'd like to avoid this hundred and sixty thousand dollar fine, fork out twenty-five thousand for a bottle. Or just even better is offer snorkeling for the people who don't have dive licenses and diving for the people who have dive licenses. Yes. And make sure those who can swim are those who are entering the ocean. Yes, you have to be able to <laughs> swim to come on the tour. Unless you just want to sit on the boat. Pretty much. So I don't know, I've not had a coroner go into that much depth mm-hmm. about recommendations before in terms of I've even sourced you an option. And this is how much it costs. <laughs> And so ultimately the specific recommendation to the code was that elementary dive skills should include mask clearing, regulator clearing, regulator recovery, 
buddy breathing, which I guess is that bit that you were talking about of sharing the um, yeah, having the device for regulator. Yep. Yep. BCD inflate and deflate, and emergency weight belt dropping. Yep. As skills that needed to be completed and demonstrated with competency to the instructor before they exit a controlled environment and enter the ocean. Enter the real world. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Tell you what, though, it is really weird being in full scuba gear and scuba diving in a pool pool while like half of the other pool is being used by people swimming laps. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, At least in this sort of suggestion, it's like you have your own dedicated dive pool for teaching scuba diving yeah rather than just yeah the local yeah yeah because they have specialized scuba diving pools right that are really really deep and they've got caves and stuff in them that you can like practice yeah that might be for the more advanced dive levels probably yeah Yeah. when people are looking at cave diving and things like that yeah like maybe let's practice this in a pool first even shipwreck diving you need to have a more advanced level of a dive license presumably because they also don't want you to destroy the shipwreck right but yeah we allow people to introductory dive through our coral reef so you know that's still weird. You know what? We allow people to do lots of shit things. Go in little tiny submersibles that don't have any clearance of any reward down to the Titanic. So what do we know? But did it make it down to the Titanic? I, I mean, it, so. it did at some point <laughs> prior to this fatal voyage. Yeah, right. True. The coroner also recommended that the dive, which was termed a resort dive, be renamed to an introductory dive. Honestly, if I saw a package called resort dive and I didn't read the explanation, I think it'd be like snorkel or something. Exactly. Oh, to me, it would be scuba diving. Yeah, I would have either taken Emma's approach and been like, oh, cool, snorkeling. Yeah. Or it would have been, oh, that's for people who already have a license. And without a license, you can't do that. And so then it's not for me because I don't have that. Yep. But at the same time, if I'd accidentally booked it and they're like, yeah, no worries, you don't need to have any kind of scuba experience, I'd be like, Fuck yeah, I'm taking advantage of that. Yeah. yeah. If I like the ocean. Um, but <laughs> the other point is like, well, if you've already bought and paid for it, do you be like, well, I got to get my money's worth? Mm-hmm. It's like a free alcohol package, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, but it kind of makes sounds like, were they only offered it when they were on the boat? Like, it were they opted say. in at that point or had they opted in already? Nah, it didn't give me enough. It kind of sounds that. like it was an all-inclusive thingy and then you just decided which ones you want. Yeah, I didn't say if, like, you paid extra for the scuba experience yeah. or anything like that. It did say it started with nine and two tapped out on the boat in general. So nine of them sat through that first introductory briefing and then only seven of them got in the water. Gotcha. But it didn't give me any explanation. This is smart to yep. tapped out. Maybe it's because they realised they couldn't swim. Yeah. Or why it's getting dark. <laughs> yeah. Or they were just like, nah, this is going to be too much effort. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I guess if those two people tapped out, if they had paid extra like you know mm. maybe that's a suggestion that there wasn't an extra cost involved but you yeah. would think that there should be if you're going to go scuba diving that that would be unless they charged enough for the overall package to yeah. cover all of it so the next finding that the coroner had was the instructor's in-water supervision was inadequate and just lost her <laughs> but did suggest that the search following was completely appropriate after she lost sight of bethany mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think just the moment she noticed she lost Bethany. Yeah, it sounds like the instructors were doing potentially the best they could within the bounds of yeah. the tour company. Yeah. They obviously weren't going out there to lose someone. She took her eyes off her yeah. for a legitimate reason. Yeah. The coroner made recommendations that the dive instructors, in terms of taking divers out, should do a dive site assessment, including assessing the visibility, 
and the currents to determine the suitability for novice divers prior to taking them out. And that this should occur via dive instructors that have the final decision about whether the dive then proceeds or not based on this assessment. Mm. And it should not be the skipper or the tour operator who has a commercial interest. Yep. That there should be a maximum of two to one ratio or one to one if there's poor conditions mm-hmm. rather than that three to one that was initially started. And that the instructors should always be within an arm's length of their divers or linked if concerns are raised about the conditions or there's poor... Poor visibility. Yeah. And if you yeah. can't see them from... This obviously wouldn't have happened if they'd been linked. Yeah. Because they would... She would have yeah. dragged them up, but they would have all ascended together. Or she would have felt Bethany struggling, panicking or whatever, yep. and taken her to the surface in a controlled way. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. The coroner also found that the water lookout was also not providing adequate supervision, nor did they adequately recognise a diver in difficulty. Recommendations that came from this included that the tour operators should develop a system relating to lookouts or recovery of distressed divers, and that this should be in place as a secondary safety system. Obviously, that's not your primary system. The initial instructor giving good supervision Mm. should be the primary. However, this secondary system should include things like an emergency grab bag to be used for those who are on lookout duty, which includes a weighted lost diver marker. So basically, you can throw it in and it gives you an on-surface buoyancy marker or buoy to tell you where Bethany went missing. Yeah, because that's over. really easy. Like the ocean doesn't have any landmarks really from the and surface. Yeah. So yeah, knowing where they went missing is a really big well, one. It took, it took them an hour to find her. Yeah. So presumably it was not that easy to know exactly yeah. where she went missing. And that the dive instructors could carry on their person as well an underwater mark that they could oh, yeah. you know, release and drop. Should they lose someone so that they know the last place that they saw her? Because yeah. where she saw Bethany last could be meters away from where Bethany actually popped up as well. Yeah. And so she may have been looking for Bethany in completely the wrong place to begin with. Yeah. In the event of the diver distress or a lost diver, the current also recommended that there should be a policy in place mandating that other divers in the introductory group be required to immediately surface and inflate their BCD to improve their safety while they're not being adequately supervised. Yeah. Which I think was really important because, yeah, what happened to Bethany's friend? Yeah, what, what did happen to all the rest of these people? Like, they clearly like, I survived. But... Stay here. Don't move. The coroner then, with regards to the tour operator, the skipper, the out-of-water watchman and the dive instructor, felt that there was a risk that they may have committed an offence under the workplace laws and hence under the coronial legislation, regulation, I don't know, was therefore mandated to refer them to the chief executive of the Office of the Industrial Relations for review of their risk of offence of workplace laws. Mm. But the coroner went on to say that they did not suspect any criminal offence had occurred and to mention that the dive instructor had already been expelled as an instructor by her diving association or professional organisation. But there was no information about the other two parties, so the the skipper and the out-of-water watchman. But I do feel a little bit bad for her that she was expelled by her diving association. Mm -hmm. Because, like, to me, again, I think... She lost sight very quickly and that's hard to say that that would be her common practice or anything like that. And it comes back to other cases where we've had in like, say, the medical industry where one mistake should not define your whole career. Mm. But I guess the coroner did specifically say expelled, but was that also maybe the instructor no longer wanted to go back as well? well, Yeah, that is entirely possible. Yeah. There was not a lot of other detail given. But it sounds like the families wanted 
what punishment and review from a workplace and criminal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But the coroner was like, I just have to mandatorily recommend that they are reviewed in terms of workplace laws because there's a suspicion that there could have been breach of these. Mm. But outside of that, I've not found anything obviously criminal that otherwise needs referral to the Department of Prosecutions or anything like that. And so therefore that is not anything that I can do within my power. Yep. It was noted that during Bethany's dive, they also came across another tourist group completing a scuba dive. And so there was some initial intermixing between two groups and hence why there were these other people looking out and who saw Bethany when she did pop up. It was because there was actually another tour group there. Right. And so the coroner made recommendations as well that tour groups working where there are other dives happening should stagger their dives and plan routes to minimize groups interacting underwater as to not cause confusion or limit vision between instructors and novice divers. Yeah, and like when you're underwater and on all your gear, it is hard to tell who is who. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're wearing a mask, you've got the regulator in your mouth, you're wearing a wetsuit. Yeah. They're all the same. Everyone looks basically the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the coroner felt that if a number of tour operators were in a location at one time, then a simple discussion with them and common sense could be used to ensure staggering occurs. Yeah. I just Mm. love this coroner being like, just talk to everybody. Just talk amongst yourselves. And then the final points that the coroner made were around that they found during this inquest and investigation that an overwhelming percentage of diving and snorkeling deaths in Queensland occurs with overseas tourists. And that it's reasonable to conclude that this is because they have less ability and familiarity and accordingly could be more anxious than Australian residents in the open water. Yeah, because generally as Australians, we get taught how to swim at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if you're not swimming regularly, you do know how to safe swim. Yeah. Like you get day afloat. Yeah, you yeah. get taught in primary school, yeah. even yeah. if you didn't get taught before then. It's a big part of Australian culture, absolutely. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, really cold most of the time, you're not, you know, yeah. going to the beach is not really a thing that that many people will do. And even if you are going to the beach, are you going in and like fully submerging yes. and swimming? We're going out the depth. Yeah, or are you just like a little bit at the beach? Paddling in the shelter. Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting point that we probably take it for granted that everyone we know knows how to swim. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that everyone knows how to swim. Or has a good level of understanding of swimming. Yeah. But again, in this case, would it have mattered because you didn't actually need to swim to take the snorkeling course anyway? <laughs> no. So I'll think scuba. Scuba force. <laughs> so the coroner noted that in April 2017, so a few years after the death, a dive and snorkeling death review panel within the coroner's court of Queensland was expected to be convened. Ooh. And it was to comprise of representatives from government agencies, a forensic pathologist, and then other industry representatives. However, just three months after it was convened, the panel was abandoned due to persistent understaffing. So therefore, the coroner's final recommendation, which again was a little bit sassy, was that they recommended the panel be reinstigated by the Office of Industrial Relations, so just like casual handball from the office of the coroner to them. Yeah. And that this should happen within three months of the inquest being released. So this inquest also referred to another death that happened four years prior to Bethany's in very similar circumstances. So it was a UK tourist. She was 23. She'd not been in Australia very long. Hers, the main criticism, and I couldn't find the actual inquest, but I just read a couple of online articles. The main criticism was that it took one of the other introductory dive participants to be the one that actually started any resuscitation efforts on her once they brought her to the surface after again I think it was like you know someone lost sight of her yeah but I think she immediately went to the floor rather than surface right and then they brought her up 
but then it sounded like the team of people that were running the dive did not have great resuscitation knowledge and skills and that it took one of the other participants who was in fact a nurse to initiate some of that and so there was a lot of um, criticism over that but that doesn't seem to have been the case in this one and Mm. as I said I couldn't find the inquest to find what the recommendations around improving that were and so it wasn't necessarily stated in this one but I think that that's a very important point that all of these people should have really adequate first aid and Mm. resuscitation Mm -hmm. knowledge or training to make sure that they could also perform that in the need that something like this occurs because this is a very risky activity that could have those risks and there are some stuff around drowning being different to other types of CPR and so having that knowledge is quite important. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the only other scuba diving incident that I know of has been in a coronial inquest as well is that of the death of Christina Watson or Tina Watson as she was otherwise referred to. And if you wanted to hear more about this, there is a two-hour episode of Case File, episode 51, that details this more. She was a 26-year-old tourist. Too old. Yeah. <laughs> but she'd actually come out here on her honeymoon oh, with yeah. her husband. And this one is much more controversial because Ooh, yeah. there is the concern that the husband was, in fact, a master scuba diver. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, yeah. the allegation that he potentially could have played a hand in how it was that she drowned during her yeah. sober event because it was unwitnessed other than the two of them. And there was life insurance. And there was, and there just wasn't. Things. Yeah. It all just... Just got married. Yeah. It's all very... Pretty fishy. Yeah. yeah. None of her family liked him. Yeah. He specifically really pushed her into doing the introductory dive without her necessarily being that comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I think she had been scuba diving before, but she wasn't. She, yeah, she was And he took her on a more experienced dive than maybe she should have possibly gone on. So that one is also very interesting, and I really enjoyed that story. Mm. I just want to know what actually happened with that one. You'll never find out. Did he, he went to trial for that, though, didn't he? I think so. I don't know. Listen to the two-hour episode. So that's why I won't ever go scuba diving. <laughs> I will go scuba diving again if I've got the chance, but I would make sure I was appropriately trained yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. And it's hard when you're putting that trust into others, though, Yeah, to say that this is going to be appropriate for your level. Yeah. A little bit infuriating and a little bit, like, mind-boggling. I mean, I feel like there's most episodes where sort of, like, you can see how that happened and, like, it was a mistake or an accident or something. Yep. But I just feel like this one went a little bit beyond that. There's a bit of foreshadowing, hey? There was negligence. Yes, negligence, exactly. Not according to anything that was mentioned in the inquest. No, no, no. was found. my own personal opinion. But letting someone, and I know this is not meant to cloud the judgment of the actual death, but letting someone participate in diving doesn't know how to swim and doesn't know English very well to communicate, that's bordering on negligent. Yeah. That's assuming a too high a risk. Is this had not been involved in an inquest if I found there was a tour company that was letting people go scuba diving that did not know how to swim? Absolutely. I'd call that negligence any day and be like, that is inappropriate. Mm. You should not be doing that. So yes, agreed. If you put that unrelated to the inquest... Yes. Or I think even if the inquest was that that person who couldn't swim was the one who died, potentially they would have found negligence. Possibly, because they had different circumstances. 
does part of negligence have to involve harm? So, because that lady wasn't harmed, she, they're therefore yeah. negligent? That's true. Yeah. So, true. They were able to extract her from the water when she elected yeah. to. So, yes, I think you're absolutely correct from yeah. that perspective is that she was not harmed and therefore there was no negligence. I mean, she could have been harmed. She could have, like, been mentally traumatized. Oh. Sorry, yeah. but there's no much that have been mentioned in this inquest. I guess yeah. true. You know. We're all speculating, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be really interested to see what changes have been made and how things are done differently now. Yeah. You know, a decade old, I would hope that there is a bit more time spent on that introductory part to get you really comfortable before you just jump on in. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, as a person participating in activity that I see as being fairly high risk or at least assuming a level of risk I would have to be comfortable doing those sorts of things first I agree that peer pressure I think or even just the want of the experience yeah yeah true and it is a very confined time period that they were doing you're out there for three days yeah this is your opportunity to do it she's a tourist so she's probably not coming back to Australia again so if she doesn't do it now in these three days, she's not going to do it. And so I feel like actually the opposite, that I would have to feel very uncomfortable to back out. Nah. I mean, yeah, and again, I'm not 23. Yeah. So if I took myself back to that age, mm-hmm. then maybe. Me at this age, no. Some adrenaline is good sometimes. And so I think actually... No, but I get that a bit. If I was diving and I had only cleared my regulator once and failed once, I'd be like, I'm going to try that a few more times. Yeah, true. The fact that they didn't have more time to do that. Maybe she did as well. After they've assessed her, she may have continued to practice. The implication was no, that they just moved on really quickly. Yeah, the implication was like, you're good to go. And I suppose some people are just that trusting and that if there is a trained professional telling them you are safe to do this, they're like, okay. I don't know. At 23, I think you have yeah. less yeah, I agree. critical thinking around that as well. Yeah, I still think that's, you, you need to assume your own personal responsibility for some things as well. But again, I think in her circumstance, a little bit different. In the person who couldn't swim circumstance. <laughs> I know, right? I feel like that's a whole different kettle of fish. Again, that's not the person who died. But if it were, I'd be like, mm. she didn't know how to swim. I know. I just like sit there and be like, at what point, you know, just be like, am I going to drown today? Yeah, I can't swim. So maybe I shouldn't be doing it. You keep putting extra weight on me just to really hold me down. Am <laughs> yeah, I going to drown today? Yeah. I don't know, maybe there's a thought that, like, they don't know how to swim, but they've gone to a pool before and splashed around in the shallow end. I don't know, maybe there's just, like, an assumed I have been able to be in the water before. You know, like, babies can swim, so what? The wording was very much, I have no swimming capabilities. Yeah, I've got I've got no idea of the thought process. When I got to that part, I was just like, this is only going to go poorly, isn't it? Yep, definitely. Yikes. But again, that was all in a footnote. This coroner was very keen on footnotes. Most pages were majority footnotes. He was maybe like, this might be inappropriate to put in the actual report, but I think it's important to footnote. I, I think <laughs> it's important to reference in our voices in this inquest. Yeah. How often do I get to reference the Pirates of the Caribbean? Exactly. Doesn't come up much. When it does, I take the opportunity with both hands. <laughs> Thank you for taking us through that one. No worries. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.